Ready Check Radio. Stand by as we get ready to serve up all your news this week in the world of gaming. Welcome to Gaming Gumbo. What's up, Internet? It's Saturday at 7 p.m. Eastern. That means here on Ready Check Radio, it's time for Gaming Gumbo, your weekly gaming wrap-up. I'm your host, Mike Byrne, a.k.a. Magic Man. As always, this is episode 108. We're back. We'll be back for the next few weeks. So, yeah, sorry about the last-minute cancellation last week. I had some stuff showing up uh, going on behind the scenes, and we were limited host-wise because this is out until the 3rd anyway. But... We're good all the way to like March 20-whatever before we have a, another gaming gumbo uh, skip because I'll be in Vegas. So lots to go over today. We'll be catching up on a few things. If you're watching on YouTube, listening on Audible, Spotify, any of the podcast platforms, thank you so much. Give it a like, a subscribe, a thumbs up, a good review. Turn on those notifications and leave a comment. But most of all, if you like what we do here, tell a friend. It's fast. It's easy. It's cheap. In fact, it costs you nothing. And it helps us out. And you join us live. Twitch.tv slash ReadyCheckRadio on ReadyCheckRadio.com. All the socials in the upper right-hand corner for you to follow us everywhere. And, of course, the entire backlog of all of our shows. Joining me today, Mr. Troy Blackburn. What's up, Noob Fridge? I am stuck in the tutorial zone of Nightingale. The the uh, portal will not spawn to let me into the main world. I uh, I had got past it the first time through, and then I remade my character to capture some footage for a first look I'm doing for MMO Bomb. So I wanted some character creation footage. Yeah, it makes sense. And now, and now I've tried to uh, I've had to remake characters two or three times, and I'm stuck in the tutorial zone. So tonight, are you talking about like where you right now, where you put the two cards into the first thing, and it opens up the first portal? It's where you put the two cards into the last one before you're before you're getting into the actual world that oh, you pick. Oh, okay. So you've gone to a couple different little zones, like to build a tent, yeah, to yeah, build yeah, a yeah. this and this. Yeah. So there's a there's a bug where the, when the uh, the enemies come out to attack you, once you kill the final one, the portal just doesn't spawn. So you're just there. So the only workaround right now until they release a fix for it is to create a new character and hope that and doesn't try again. again. <laughs> That has happened to me three different times now. <laughs> so I'm, tonight I'll be going for number four to get through that. So it's been uh, it's been a headache. <laughs> get old crafting and survival. Also on the mm. line, resident artist of Ready Check Radio, Yod. What's up, boss? I, I can't believe there's a bug where you're stuck in the opening area. <laughs> like, is it is it a known thing? Like, have they tweeted about it or something? Yeah, yeah. There's there's forums and about it and everything. It's in their known issues post and everything. Oh, oh fantastic! It's just so many video games on fire this week. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're gonna talk about some that are kind of bombing big time when we get there a little bit. Mm. But hey, since we missed last week's show, I did want to go back. Uh, because something we had planned to talk about last week, and it does have some additional updates this week, so we would have been talking about it anyway this week, is uh, there was a whole, like, uh, hubbub, right? Xbox. Uh-oh. Mm -hmm. They're never making consoles again. Big they're rumors. They're yeah. going to cloud. All of their games <laughs> are going to be available on every single platform. And Phil Spencer just kind of did a, hey, we hear you. We're going to do a state of our, state of the Xbox Union podcast next <laughs> week, and... Then they ended up doing that podcast. And so the long and the short of it, gang, was, yeah, Xbox is still going to make consoles. Uh, in fact, they're talking mm, right. about the next one being their biggest, the biggest technical leap forward in consoles ever. Never heard that before. Uh, I was totally new that, that a company <laughs> might say something. It's, it's going to be a square this time instead of a rectangle. <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, where there was a little smoke under, or a little fire under the smoke, though, was the the whole topic of console exclusivity when it comes to Xbox. Now, at the time of the Xbox podcast, Phil Spencer and team announced that there would be four games shortly coming from Xbox to other platforms, but he didn't announce those games. He said he wanted to leave those up to the studios to announce those when the time was ready. Uh, was was right. Now we know. Uh, we wouldn't have known this for the show last week, but now we do know. One was 
pretty easily rumored. I think we actually talked about it on the show previously. Uh, sea of Thieves is going to be coming to the PlayStation 5 April 30th. So Xbox's longtime pirate adventure now going to be uh, available on the PlayStation 5. Hi-Fi Hi Rush was another one we've talked about on this show that was rumored to, and we kind of thought, well, man, that just really, that needs to be on the Switch of all things. Right. Like that one needs to be on the Switch. No Switch release for that yet, but it will come to the PlayStation 5 on March 19th. And then uh, Pediment and Grounded will be coming to the PS4, PS5, and Nintendo Switch on February 22nd for Pediment. Uh, Pediment and Grounded will come on April 16th. So four, I guess you could say marquee, but really two marquee and two other <laughs> at least to me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Xbox exclusive games coming to other platforms. On the topic of things coming from like Zenimax, Bethesda, Indiana Jones, those types of things, no words on those yet on whether those will be remain exclusive or if they'll be simultaneously released on other platforms. So, if I had to guess, depend, you know, considering everything that's happened so far and what they've done in the past, just all the stuff that we know about this company and how they handle things, they're going to be timed exclusives. They're going to milk as much money as they can on their own consoles and platforms. And once enough people have, you know, it's become old news on that, they'll release it on the other platforms to get a little more money. Because, you know, that's what it's all about, right? Well, yeah. I mean, first <laughs> off, you know, as much as I like Phil Spencer uh, personally... I still always look, even as much as I like Yoshi P personally, right? Right, uh, yeah. These are people in charge of corporate entities. <laughs> you right. know, they are not your friends. They are not looking out for you. When any of them, Troy, makes a customer-centric move that you may like, you can bet that 99.999% of the reason <laughs> they are making a customer-centric move is is because it just so happens to also be a profitable move. <laughs> right. Like, they, these are not your friends. They're going <laughs> to look out for the business. You can't blame them. That's their job. Mm -hmm. uh, but, yeah, I may like some of the decisions they make, some of the things they say. Phil Spencer's very good, right, at getting in front of a camera and talking about, like, what's good for gamers and what gamers love <laughs> and what gamers like <laughs> and what gamers deserve and... Microsoft is going to look out for game. No, Microsoft's going to look out for Microsoft. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. That's what it do. <laughs> right. That's, that's how it do. Which is why the console thing didn't make much sense to me for them to stop making consoles. Because even if hardware doesn't net you profit initially, it's still. Which it doesn't. It flat out doesn't. Right. Right. It, it flat out doesn't. But it's the other stuff they've bought. The companies they've acquired, the IPs that they can make exclusive for a while to milk all that initial hype and money off of before making it available on other consoles. Yeah, and we've seen Sony kind of shy or at least start to move away from exclusivity. Now, they still have marquee PlayStation titles. Obviously, Final Fantasy VII Rebirth comes out in six days and will be a timed exclusive on the PlayStation 5 for a little while. Uh, so Sony's still doing that, but we also have seen, Troy, much to make you very happy as a non-console gamer, a lot of Sony titles start to make their way to PC, too, kind of taking down a little bit of their walled garden, if not ready to fully commit to it yet. Yeah, and it's a lot of their big titles, too. They're, I mean, they're they're late, they're coming late, but for those of us who don't own the PlayStation console and are just, you know, PC gamers... Uh, it's still an exciting opportunity to play those games that we thought, you know, we may never get to play. So here's the question that I have to ask both of you. Xbox has already said in this podcast and in other interviews subsequent to this podcast that they believe the era of console exclusives is ending. Now, that doesn't mean that they're not going to do them. It doesn't mean that we're still not going to see them for a few years. But they, I think one of the terms, one of the executives threw around was like, a decade from now, I would be surprised if you see very many console exclusives. So it's going to be a, a slow shift if, it's a, if you agree that it's a shift at all. Is this a good thing or a bad thing? Because you see generally two schools of thought here. One, cool, 
Games available on any platform you want to play them, that's a net good. And then the other argument is, well, if you're going to make the games available on all the places, right, then why even make your own console? Why not just have one console and, and do this, and everybody's games can be available everywhere? Why waste the money making an Xbox if you're going to put the games everywhere anyway, right? Just if it costs you money for years and years and years to develop an Xbox, just sell the damn games. Go the Sega route. Now, obviously, Sega was forced down that route, so right. let's not make that too <laughs> apt a comparison. <laughs> uh, but they've, they ended up having to go to software publishing. And there are people that, you know, like, to, I know Takao in chat. I haven't been able to read anything yet because I'm talking to the camera. I'll read while one of you are talking, but I'm sure Takao's chiming in on this. He's an old school dog, right? He loves the idea of a console war. Like, not, you know, these two things duking it out, but that breeds competition, right? PlayStation's got to up its game. Xbox has to up its game. Exclusives on both platforms help up those games. And the consumer, at the end, is the beneficiary of a net win with better systems, competing for your attention, trying to attract better price points, better titles, better games, and you benefit because of the competition. Where do you fall on this, Troy? Uh, if, I, if I was a video game company, I would probably just go into software publishing myself <laughs> and just put my games out everywhere they could be, especially with consoles being uh, such a lost leader in the first place. Um, but I understand, you know, why exclusivities exist and why they want to push their consoles and push things on their platform because they're getting 100% of the money, right? And not having to sh make that share with other companies that they're going to have to make when they produce those on other consoles and other platforms. So, you know, at the end of the day, it it's good for consumers that more things are becoming available on more platforms. But like you said earlier, they're they're doing it for the good of themselves. They're doing it to spread their their wings and 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 try to rake in that more money because especially on the xbox side right is playstation still the console leader right now as far as sales well sony's we're going to talk a little bit later sony's uh, hurting a little bit ironically the playstation 5 is is outpacing where the playstation 3 and Play, playstation 4 were in their life cycles right now but it mm. is not meeting expectations uh, they forecasted oh, twenty five wonderful yeah. expectations, right? They yeah, for the they forecasted twenty five million units sold by the end of March. They hit twenty one, uh, so four million oh, shy. No. And when they <laughs> when they reported that in their financial uh, stuff, their financial shareholder calls and whatever, they ended up losing like eight point four percent of their market share, like ten billion market value, different from value. You know, you got to know a little bit of the stock market, right? Market value right. is different, but lost ten billion in valuation because of that. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. yeah, if you're if you're Xbox, you're more than doubling your potential. Now, you're not doubling your potential customers, or you're doubling your actual customers. You're doubling your potential customers more than doubling your potential customers. You know, if if you're making those available on especially if you're making them available on PlayStation and Nintendo Switch. Yod, where, right. where do you fall on this? Exclusives, what you like, uh, what you would like to see, and what you think happens in the future here? So, I personally, I don't mind exclusives so much. I think it does fuel innovation because you have, like like you said with Takal, there, there is a, who, who likes the console wars, there does need to be a bit of um you know fight going on there to vying for number one where it breeds innovation it makes the companies try to one-up each other each time and try to get that grab that customer base with a better system better stats better uh graphics all that stuff now on the other hand nintendo as we know doesn't play into it as much because they kind of have their market well yes they do take their place in the rankings and all that stuff and they do vie a little bit for customer base they've got their first party games that i personally don't think will go anywhere like we're not going to see mario right on and Sony so isn't isn't that a perfect argument 
for in favor of console exclusivity with titles? Isn't right. Nintendo it, the quote unquote shining example of when you keep titles exclusive to you and you innovate in small incremental or novel ways, a la the, the Nintendo Wii, a la the, the Switch and its mobile functionality, you know, its portable uh, nature. Right. Isn't that the perfect argument for you should have console exclusives because short of acquiring them illegally, right. <laughs> short of acquiring and playing them illegally, Troy, if you want to play the latest Mario, you're buying a Switch. Period. End of story. I mean... Troy, Troy no, no comment. <laughs> I threw, yeah, I they threw it to Troy, and he has zero comment. Well, uh, Nintendo always does its own thing, anyway. <laughs> like, <laughs> they're they're just they're just out there doing whatever Nintendo be doing. Uh, but at the end of the day, I think uh, you know if you you would definitely sell more games if you were if you were you know sharing them among other platforms. I think at the end of the day that would help your bottom line. But Nintendo has it. Nintendo has this thing that they want to do, and that's the way they're going to do it. So they just keep chucking forward. Go ahead, Yod. I mean, Nintendo's going to Nintendo is, I think, was what it comes down to, and their their philosophy tends to be a little different than the other two consoles, because Nintendo's philosophy tends to more be along the line of, is this game fun? Yes or no. That's what makes it Nintendo. If it's fun, it's most likely Nintendo. With with the PlayStation and the Xbox, they tend to vie more for the top of the line graphics. Yeah, but at you, the you, at the end of the day anymore, consoles are incremental improvements over the right. previous generation, right. if that in a lot of cases, yeah. right? So if if titles, if games aren't if games are not exclusive to a console, then how does a console compete with its rivals? Well, you can compete on first performance. Uh, okay, right. but if we're all using similar parts and just trying to price them as competitively as possible, you know, performance-wise, is there a, a difference between the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox Series X? Yes, there are performance differences, though. Are there performance differences that maybe your non-technically inclined consumer can recognize not in most cases i would argue okay not so if the more, performance no, is going to be relatively similar then you got to compete on price okay but if i'm sourcing these parts from the same vendors at the same bulk rates over the same period of time i'm it's just a question of how much am i willing to lose on the consoles to make the software sales but wait the software sales aren't exclusive to this system anymore so right. is it viable? Can you long-term do that? And I think one of the things that we're not taking into account here is when you look at Microsoft specifically, right? Mm -hmm. There is obviously a push, a two-pronged a two push going on in that company when it comes to gaming. Right. One, of course, is Game Pass, right? Mm -hmm. they want, And that has its console uh, element to it, but also PC. And more importantly, the second prong of where I think Microsoft wants to push is cloud, right? Mm -hmm. And being able to play on whatever computer or device that you have because we're going to suck up all the resource-intensive stuff on our side. Now, we can sit here and argue that streaming games may not be exactly where it's at right now. Maybe it will yeah. be five years from now, ten years from now, Troy. But that does kind of maybe open the eyes a little bit on maybe Microsoft isn't as tied to the idea of exclusivity to move boxes because their attack pattern is going in a slightly different direction than winning a quote-unquote console war five years from now or ten years from now. Yeah, their, their platform is, is still technically you know a platform. They want you to, to be on the cloud and have games on the cloud. It's just not going to be a physical device that you, uh, that you hold in your, uh, in your house and you go and buy at the store. And, you know, potentially if it works out and they can get cloud gaming to where it needs to be, it could actually be profitable instead of a loss leader like uh, like something like a console is. 
Like the Google right. Stadia. Pew, pew, got him. It, it was just a little ahead of its time. Oh, okay, buddy. <laughs> you picked up a Stadia controller? No, I don't have one. Yeah, to me, it rivaled the Ouya controller. Let's just say neither one was really great. Neither right. one was really great. I am a full disclosure, by the way, I, I know I've been kind of advocating like both sides here for the, the purposes of, of debate and conversation. Uh, I am one of those guys that I like the idea of things being available on all platforms. I also realize there are businesses to run here, so I'm not going to get that wish across the board for the rest of time, right? You do have to. I think it's very important to, one, take into account console pricing. And I know some people, like myself, I'm in a blessed position where it doesn't matter how much the console is on day one. I have them. Right. That's a very, very, very blessed position to be in. And I recognize that not a lot of people can be in that position. And when you're right. talking about a five hundred to six hundred to seven dollar box to come into the house here, you're going to make a decision on one. And I recognize that the primary driver of that decision for most people may be games, maybe what games yeah. are available. And so particularly during a console's initial launch window i think exclusives are very very damn important to each of these boxes whether i like that or not because that may be the the deciding vote on where troy puts 500 or 600 dollars and then maybe six months or a year from now when it's on sale or they've made the second version i'll go buy the other system that i don't already have mm -hmm. But this day one decision, I think the further you get away from release, the less important, ex uh, the console's release, the less important exclusives become because now it's just a race to the bottom as far as pricing point on your consoles go. <laughs> How cheap yeah. can you make them and, and just beat your opponent down with a lower pricing structure until the next set comes out? I'm personally in favor of games being available wherever they can be. I also right. am a realist so, and understand that we live in a consumer-driven society. There are benefits to exclusivities. And so what I think is going to play out more, Troy, and I know you said this towards the beginning, so I'll let you give the final word on it too, that timed exclusive thing is going to become more the norm than just, hey, the only way to play Halo is on the Xbox. The It's going to become the only way to play Halo for the first six months is going to be on the Xbox. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be interesting to watch what the next what happens in the next uh, console generation. Uh, is everybody just going to renege on all this sharing and we want it on every platform? And are they going to go right back to what makes sense in the moment, which is exclusivity to push their console out when it's brand spanking new uh, on the market? Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt, Yad, that titles move launch consoles. Like that is. Yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree with that. Um, I, I kind of want to uh, also re reiterate something we talked about before, though, with the fact that because of the current the uh, PlayStation 4 generation, PlayStation 5 generation type of setup where everything is moving towards your game library online, your oh, game yeah. library in that platform, you're not buying physical games anymore you're taking that library from one generation to the next to the next now so the fact that yeah you start getting into brand loyalty there right 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 which is the same thing as we talked about before with like you know i buy apple ipads and iphones because that's where because you love paying started. twice the cost of what it's actually worth not particularly oh oh i'm sorry <laughs> i thought that's why you did it you love paying double for the logo no <laughs> <laughs> we started out smartphones in the Apple architecture, and therefore... And now you're trapped. It, it kind of, yes, but to, to that point, the latest Samsung phones cost just as much as the Apple phones, so I don't want to hear about that twice as much for the logo shit. Because <laughs> I know my sister-in-law paid the same fucking amount for her phone that I did for my iPhone, so none of that shit. <laughs> Let us know how you feel about console exclusivity down below and where you think the industry is going. I think it's going to be very interesting over the next five years. I think we're going to see a hell of a lot more timed exclusives more than anything going forward for a while. And then, yeah, Troy, I think you're right. It's like, oh, we're launching new consoles. Now, all of a sudden, everything's exclusive. <laughs> everything's yeah. exclusive. And then we're a year out from it. And we're like, oh, you know what? We'll sell them everywhere. We'll sell them everywhere. Why not? 
Hey, I did want to talk, uh, since you're here, Yod, a little bit about uh, <laughs> Destiny 2. Like, are you still actively playing Destiny 2 every day? You have what? Into the Light or whatever it is coming up next yeah, month? Yeah, uh, uh, Lightfall, which is the current one. Um, I played to the end of the seasonal storyline and kind of stopped. Because that's what I paid for, and, and that that's all the story there is. I did log back in to get that N7 ship. Oh, the Mass Effect and crossover. And <laughs> yeah, Mass Effect stuff. Did log back in to grab that, but I haven't logged back in to actually play anything. They gotcha. They gotcha. <laughs> Hey, yeah, I just thought we we talked uh, last month about like the the Bungie mm -hmm. layoffs and Sony not being thrilled and like what was going <laughs> to happen with the expansion being delayed and everything. Uh, there was an interview with Sony uh, President Hiroki Totoki, uh, and he this is what he had to say, that and name. I wanted to see what you th <laughs> thought about this. Yeah. He said, I visited the Bungie studios and had meetings with management, and I saw that employees working at the studios were highly motivated, showing great creativity, as well as an impressive knowledge of live services. Oh, cool. Great. Sounds like a good visit. However, uh-oh. Uh-oh. There's the but. However. But, but, but. I also felt that there was room for improvement from a business perspective with regard to areas such as the use of business expenses and assuming accountability for development timelines. I hope to continue the dialogue and come up with some good solutions. <laughs> that sounds an awful lot, Yod. Like, I'm watching you. I'm watching you, buddy. Yes, yes. And I do like the fact that the, the, the Sony... Uh, uh, Mr. Sony man there um, realizes and recognizes the fact that the devs and the 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 you know frontline people that are working on the game are doing their job and doing it well. It's freaking management that's screwing it up. That's not taking you know responsibility for the late timelines, the the missed release dates and stuff like that. That's management's fault, not the devs' fault. I, I I really like the fact that he he pointed this out that like you know we're we're gonna shore up this somehow wink wink. So yeah, it's 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 an interesting look at it. Yeah. Um. I do like like I said I do like the fact that he recognizes that the, your frontline people are doing their jobs and they should not be laid off. You still think that Sony does not step in and take over basically before oh, no. the expansion? Because your prediction, oh, no, I, your I, prediction was it'll happen, but it'll happen after the expansion. At this point, <sighs> it's fifty-fifty to me now whether they said <laughs> before or after. But, but it's gonna happen. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You it's, and I, when we did happen. that show, we all agreed yeah. that it was gonna happen. Yeah. I think I was the yeah. only one that said I could see it happening before the expansion. Yeah. At, at this point, I, I because the more we go along the timeline. The, the the as we continue on with this season before the expansion, the more Sony can see them dropping the ball. Yeah. The the more fans are going, you're giving us what? For how long? Yeah. Why? And, and you know, the more players go do other things. Well, speaking of other things, like <laughs> Destiny Two delaying their expansion has kind of put themselves in a rough spot. Yeah, they gave themselves, Troy, time to fix and make it the way they wanted to. Like, they said, hey, it's good, but it's not where we want it. This time's going to give us where we want it. But that has opened windows, right? <laughs> we have the first Descendant, uh, a looter shooter very much in the vein of a Destiny 2-type game coming. Now, whether or not Nexon will totally foobar that with gross monetization or just overall mm. repetition of the game we'll see i'm not saying these are all destiny killers but you've opened yourself up to competition when your expansion now comes out at the same release window at least as another potential looter shooter and helldivers 2 although a, a, a bit of a different beast right it's a more of a co-op instance based thing than some of like the planet exploring that you can do in destiny but third-person, looter, shooter, well, not really looter, shooter, but like a co-op shooter, missions, right. defenses, stuff like that. Helldivers 2 is scraping a ton of attention right now. 
A lot, mm-hmm. uh, most of it good with some bad. We'll talk about one or two of the bad in a second. But it's it's scraping a lot of attention. And yeah, they may not be direct competition, Troy, but they are competition when you are talking about players that want to jump into a shooter game with their friends. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you've got your Destiny 2 Andes <laughs> yacht that will, go, <laughs> that will go back and, uh, you know, they're going back to Destiny 2 no matter what. But the question is, you know, is it going to be enough to bring them back into the game long term if your content isn't up to par to where they expect it to be? And it sounds like it hasn't been in a while. And, you know, this is, I don't know that one expansion makes or breaks a company. But this, they've got a lot riding on this one as far as the longevity of their game and what they can produce next. I think at the end of the day, if, if things don't go well this time around, Sony maybe does step in and, and hopefully it's leadership if, if things don't work out this time that, that gets the brunt of you know the blowback from it instead of the developers and laying off people who worked hard and were, were inspirational and trying to make the best content they could that were held back by the management by making piss poor decisions. Yeah, and you do have a swing. There's there's a lot of pressure on Sony right now, right? There's a on Sony as a as a company. You had Microsoft pick up Activision Blizzard uh, and turn turn some things around there. Then a ton of layoffs and things like that too. I'm not saying it's all been roses, but from a competitive standpoint, that was a big acquisition that Sony was not able to stop. Sony acquired Bungie. Thought they were, you know, getting into a lot of live service stuff that was going to be recurring revenue and everything. We have seen with Sony's leadership changes them peel back on some of those live service plans. Uh, and then their latest financial announcement puts additional pressure on them not meeting the PlayStation 5 sales that they wanted to. So Sony's definitely a little under the gun here. Hell Divers, by the way, I'm very, very early in it. I think it's hysterical. Like, I may not end up liking the game itself. Uh, it may just be like, yeah, this is too repetitive for me or whatever. I'm not far enough to to, to give an opinion on the, the gameplay proper and how long I'll be playing it. But it is a fucking riot. Like, the writing is so funny, and I have no problem helping to spread democracy. That's all. That's all I'm saying. If you've played... Yeah, highly tempted to get into this. If you do, sure let me know, Yod. Like, if you, I will absolutely come and help spread democracy with you. <laughs> we will plant a flag. We will salute it as soon as we plant it. <laughs> of course, because that's <laughs> what course. a good hero. That's yes. what a good legend does. <laughs> I don't want my wife and kids being squashed by bugs on the front lawn. I, I, mean, I just don't yeah, want killing, that to happen. Killing bugs. With giant guns. That that's that's all I ask for a lot of times. And that's all you want to do sometimes. It's it's why I loved Starship Troopers. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just can't decide whether I want to get it on a PS five or do it on a PC with Steam. So uh I'm on Steam. Oh, I'm the on hard Steam. decisions. Oh, so yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean it's okay. console exclusivity. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it strikes it strikes again. Uh, yep. I'm hearing, by the way, uh, I think it was Havoc, uh, my brother, who's asking in chat, does it work on the deck? Uh, I'm hearing mixed reviews on the Steam Deck right now. There are people saying just don't even worry about it. Um, There's apparently a way. <laughs> but there are, like, you can finagle it is is the mm. other side of that. You can finagle it to get it to, to do some okay performance. Uh, I, if you're going to play it on the Steam Deck, I would probably wait in general, though, Troy, because this one hasn't been all smooth roses as far <laughs> as, like, server stability, connections, being able to get into the game at certain times, oh particularly if you're on the PlayStation. I mean, it suffered from, like, the same stuff Final Fantasy XIV did way back in the day where people were finding creative ways to keep their character in different places so that it didn't <laughs> log them out. Um, now, they have fixed that type of stuff, but... Yeah, yeah, it hasn't all been roses. Hasn't all been roses. I hear there's like uh, disconnections when you're loading into missions and stuff like that. Just random it- new game on fire things. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying At to least find. it's an online game having online issues that has a reason to be <laughs> online. 
that's true. That's yeah. true. It does, <laughs> yeah. it does need to be online. It's not a single player game on fire because it's connected to the internet and it doesn't need to be. Yeah. So we've seen some great stuff in gaming lately, like with Baldur's yeah. Gate three and with Hell Divers and some. And we've also seen some shitty stuff with all the layoffs and stuff <laughs> because right now the gaming world is just not sustainable. It isn't. These companies no. were absolute fucking idiots when they started getting all that everybody's quarantined to their house COVID money mm-hmm. because they had, people were home all the time and had nothing more, nothing better to do. They couldn't leave mm-hmm. their house. And they thought it's always going to be like this. And now <laughs> now it's not, you know. But I do have to give a little bit of credit here. When we see good things, I want to call them out, okay? Okay. Arrowhead CEO, uh, Johan, and I'm going to pronounce this wrong, and I apologize, uh, Pilestead, Pilestead, I think. Uh, actually, this is Arrowhead CEO, Helldivers CEO. Mm-hmm was on Twitter, somebody had tweeted saying, hey, you know, like, everybody that's playing Helldivers, stop that shit right now. Like, I need, I think it was Sergeant Sentinel Gaming that said this, you're making me want to buy it, and I just have no money right now. Arrowhead CEO replies, if you have no cash, get it later. While we made a really fun game, it's worth waiting until the servers can support the capacity. I mean, as a CEO, I, of course, want the game to be as profitable as possible. But if you spent your last dollar and got stuck in server queues, I'd be heartbroken. That's awesome. That, that, that is the mentality that I love in some of these people, like with Yoshi P and this, however you pronounce his name, <laughs> Arrowhead Studio CEO. It, it's just that that's perfect. It's like, you know. People, gamers, will eventually buy the game. And so here's the thing, by the way. Torchwick is very happy because I do family share of Steam, and all of a sudden he saw Helldivers show up in my Steam (laughs) account and was like, oh, hell yeah. Uh, The only reason I pulled the trigger on it was because of that message. Mm. I was like, you know what? I don't really have time probably to play this right now. It's a kind of a busy season as far as like MMO bomb stuff and, and things go. The first quarter is usually pretty busy. And it's like, I'm probably not going to get to this. They're having server issues. I'm going to wait to buy it. And then yeah. when I saw that, I was like, ah, fuck it. I was going to buy it anyway. <laughs> you guys are getting full price for this. I want you to have yep. I want you to have the full price for it. Uh, by the way, uh, happy ending to that story. Somebody cash apped or Venmoed that dude. Oh, nice. And he was able to uh, he was able to buy it. Very nice. Uh, Before we finish up and just hit some miscellaneous news about games that are burning down in the world, the Nintendo (laughs) Direct was this past week. Now, we're not going to spend a ton of time on this because this was the the partner showcase. Uh, So no, like, real huge Nintendo uh, announcements. Obviously, Grounded and Pediment coming to the Switch from Xbox were were talked about there. And then there was an awful lot of, Yad, I feel like this is, like, your favorite show. Like when these smaller, more artistically inclined companies and not going for the big mega blockbuster games. Obviously, there were a few big titles there. Shin Megami Tensei Five Vengeance coming out June 21st. We're going to talk about another mm-hmm. bigger one in a second, even though it's older. Sword Art Online Fractured Daydream coming this year. Gundam Breaker 4, Super Monkey Ball. So mm-hmm. don't get me wrong, World of Goo-, Goo 2. I know a lot of people, my son Michael and uh, Torchwick, definitely looking for that. But anything uh, in the Nintendo Direct that the... Uh, uh, Troy, I'm going to skip you because you don't play Switch. Uh, Yod, <laughs> anything there you were keeping an eye on? I am, monkey Ball sounds fun. Yeah, it's monkey balls are fun. Time, yeah. Oh, oh, wait. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> wah, wah, wah. I, a lot of it looks cute and fun and stuff like that. A lot of the... Uh, of course, Contra. Contra op- Operation Gal- Galuga. Is it Galuga? You're a Galuga. What'd you call me? <laughs> it's the new Contra game, which you can play for four players simultaneously. Yeah, there's there's a demo up now for that. Yes, so. there is. Yeah. And, I mean, it's Contra. That That's the one that really stuck out to me. Contra. Come on. <laughs> yeah. 
I'm a, I'm a big been, Contra fan. This is a reimagining of the original, by the way. There are new right. levels, new bosses and stuff. Mm -hmm. But if you see like, hey, that looks like the boss in the... Well, yeah, because this mm -hmm. is a reimagining of the original Contra. Right. So, you know, stuff like that. Uh, yeah, that was the big one, Contra, for me on that list. And then, Troy, you and I definitely like this one. Not exclusive to the Switch, but they did announce it there. Uh, in that direct was that Star Wars Battlefront one and two, the good ones, the good ones from the back ones. in the day, from two thousand four, two thousand five. Those are coming to multiple platforms, including PC via Steam, uh, through a classic collection. I know that's one you are watching. Yeah, definitely. So uh, some of my fondest memories on my PS two include Battlefront two. Uh, running around as a stormtrooper and playing <laughs> as, as Luke and Vader and all that and having a great time in those games back when they were good and not full of microtransactions and loot boxes. Yes. Yes, definitely good news there. And uh, right. that's where the good news ends. Oh, no. Yeah. Let's uh, so some miscellaneous uh, news. Uh, Skull and Bones did finally come out. I know Havoc was asking me about it last week when we were going into the show. You guys going to do Scully? You guys going to talk about Scully? <laughs> we're going to talk about Scully. <laughs> Skull and Bones uh, is out. I mean, it is a game. I, 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 do, I do have a friend that actually is enjoying playing it. Are they? Because they don't have eyes and hands, right? <laughs> I'm pretty no. sure. He he was one of he's one of my uh, Destiny two friends back in the day, and we we, you know, we hang out in real life and stuff. Then I mean the way he explained it, it does make sense. And if you just want to zip around in a ship and 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 do ship things, and do ship things, <laughs> I guess it could be fun. The only problem he's run into so far is that he's souped up his ship fast enough that he can see the patrol ships that come after him spawn in. Remember, so this gang along. This gang is our first quadruple-A game, according to... Quadruple-A? Yeah, according to CEO Yves Guimot over at Ubisoft. Not a triple-A game. Not a triple-A game. No, 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 no. His investors <laughs> during a call said, hey, why, Troy, a $70 price tag on a game that... Feels like it was meant to be a live service and have recurring revenue like that. Why put a $70 price tag on it? And he said, that's because this is a quadruple A game, dog. Out of his mind. Out of his freaking <laughs> mind. The the people who decided that this game had to see the light of day, made this deal with the Singapore government to have to produce this game, out of their minds. The the develop the poor developers who had to create this piece of crap. <laughs> Sorry for them. And at the end of the day, this is not what anybody wanted. People wanted Black Flag, the the online game. If you if you'd have done that, that'd have been a live service that would have sold, would have made money. You'd have made money hand over fist, but that's not what you did. You made a ship game that with the mini games to gather stuff and it just yeah most just of the reviews is, are kind of saying the same thing right mm -hmm. one ship fighting another can be fun there can be some definite fun there but the right. rest of it is basically a shallow puddle uh according to metacritic on the playstation 5 right now this has a meta score of 60 with a user score of a 3.6 on the uh on the pc it has a meta of 59 and on the uh, Xbox, it has a meta of 63. So all sub what they were absolutely expecting for this quadruple A game. <laughs> um, it has failed so far to reach a million players. And that is with the game having an eight-hour free trial now, too. Yep. It's failed yep. to reach a million players so far. That's probably where the majority of their player base is, is in that freaking free trial. Yeah, it's an eight-hour timed free yeah. trial. Eight Once you time. finish the free trial, put yeah. it away. Speaking of house fire, Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League has fallen short of our expectations. There it is again, Troy. Woo, no. I feel like I gotta get like a confetti bump. Like I gotta I gotta make a confetti. Yeah, I gotta make a confetti bump that's just like anytime I have to say 
failed to meet expectations <laughs> or follow fallen short of our expectations. Warner Brothers, again, this game came out February 2nd, priced at $70. Warner Brothers saying Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League has fallen short of expectations. <laughs> Continuing to say that this year's Suicide oh. Squad, one of our key video game releases in 2024, has fallen short of our expectations since its release earlier in the quarter, setting our games business up for a tough year-over-year comparison in or a year-over-year comp in Q1. Keep in mind that Hogwarts Legacy from WB came out last year and became the most selling game of last year. So you were already doomed. Like, mm -hmm. unless you had a Hogwarts <laughs> follow-up, you were about to have a down portion of a year. Infinite growth, Mike. Infinite growth. Yeah. Yep. It should yep. always always be growing. If you're not growing, yep. you're dying. It's, it's Expectations should have been higher than that. They should have released a new game that sold more than any other game ever because infinite growth. Yep, which doubles the next year, which doubles the next year, which doubles the yes. next year. Yes. <laughs> totally yes, sustainable. Absolutely. Totally sustainable. Totally. Totally. <laughs> totally sustainable. It's sustainable if by uh, the end you have four employees. Like, that's it. That's it. Yeah. And they just do nothing but work all the time. That's it. Oh, God, Yod, please tell me this isn't what I think. Oh, God, it is what I think it is. Why did you bring this to the show? Me? Who what? Huh? Borderlands. Hey, I just posted it on Discord. You did what you did with it. <laughs> <laughs> am I just the only one? By the way, since I'm going to say am I the only one, I am going to answer a question that was way earlier. I don't forget who asked it, but are you the only one that thought Mass Effect was just meh? Uh, no. I loved Mass Effect 1. They changed some of the stuff that I loved about Mass Effect 1 so much that I did not finish Mass Effect 2 and then never played 3. So no, you are not alone in that one. Am I the only one that thinks, yeah, Borderlands is fun and was fun like the first two times, but I'm kind of just done with it? Like, and I certainly am not going to go watch this movie, even with Meryl Streep and, and shit-making you know, appearances, just, no, I am not going to see this. No, I, I'm not going to see this in theaters either. I would watch it on like Amazon Prime or something like that if it came on, but I'm not going to a theater to see this. Fucking Jack Black is Claptrap. I, I, I don't know the story well enough because I didn't play the original Borderlands stuff. I played a little of it when, like, Destiny was kind of dying the first time around, and Faye was like, hey, why don't you come play Borderlands with me? It's free on PlayStation right now. <laughs> so I played a little bit there. I love, don't get me wrong, I love the games. So I, but I didn't really get into it. So for me, this, the movie looks kind of fun. Am I going to go to theaters to watch it? Probably not. But the movie looks fun. I don't. I don't think it I'd looks even pretty. Really, I don't think I'd watch this if I came over to Troy's house and it was just on. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. I think I would just go stare at his board game shelf for two hours. Damn. I've got two hours worth of staring. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> uh, Elden Ring officially getting an expansion. Lots of hype surrounding this one. Yes. Lots of hype. Shadows of the Erd Tree DLC. We got that trailer, and it's going to be coming out in June. Going to be coming out in June. June 21st. So this is going to be a physical version of the game. Elden Ring Shadow of the Erd Tree Collector's Edition. Gives you a statue and a bunch of other stuff, too, though. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. It's not standalone, but it's 40 bucks. I mean, if it's forty bucks worth of gameplay, then it's forty I mean, bucks the, worth of gameplay. The page play. says it's an expansion and it requires the base game. Here's the actual description: Shadows of the Earth Tree expansion features an all-new story set in the land of shadow, imbued with mystery, perilous dungeons, new enemies, weapons, and equipment. Discover uncharted territories, face formidable adversaries, and revel in the satisfying triumph of victory. Dive into the riveting interplay of characters where drama and intrigue intertwine that create an immersive experience to savor and enjoy. A $40 expansion. If the content's there, I'll pay it, but... Yeah, like I said, 
if it's forty dollars worth of gameplay, it's forty dollars worth of gameplay. Did you ever play Elden Ring, Troy? No, nope, I haven't played Elden Ring. Those you uh, don't those like hardcore. like the Souls type games. No, the Souls games aren't for me. I'm uh, my blood pressure gets too high. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it. Yeah, you're absolutely right, Takao. It'll probably review well, and it's definitely going to sell well, even at a forty dollar expansion price tag. I'm just curious, like, will there be backlash on after the fact, right? I paid $40 for this, and I feel like it wasn't $40 worth of content. That'll come afterwards if if that is, in fact, the case. I feel like they're going to do okay, though. Like, they know their audience, and I feel like they're going to... I never got the impression, like, they, they try to scrape and take advantage of their audience. Like, even right. on the whole call for, like, Bloodborne re to be remade on the PS5, and I know Torchwick's probably cheering in his dorm room at the thought of a Bloodborne <laughs> remake on the PlayStation 5. But, like, they're, they they don't even, like, try to capitalize on that. I mean, he, he was asked, right? Miyazaki mm -hmm. was asked about this, and he said, unfortunately, and I've said this in other interviews, it's not my place to talk about Blood Bloodborne specifically. We simply don't own the IP at From Software. For me personally, it was a great project, and I have a lot of great memories from that game, but we're not at liberty to speak about it. I think having new hardware is definitely a part of what gives remakes value. Things are things you weren't able to achieve on previous generations of hardware, ways you weren't able to render specific expressions. New hardware sometimes makes that possible. However, I wouldn't say that's the be-all and end-all. I think purely from a user perspective, modern hardware also allows more players to appreciate all the games, and so it ends up being a simple reason. But as a fellow player, I think that accessibility is important. I think that can be the driving force between bringing an old game to a new platform. So it sounds like in favor of it, but certainly isn't going to step out on a limb, Troy, and say yes or no at this point. Yeah, for sure. Like, leave it up to, to those who... Who, who make those decisions and you know the fan base is going to keep asking for it apparently so uh, maybe eventually at some at some point it will come out it may be playstation 6 <laughs> when they decide to do it I mean, uh, it, it all depends on the person who owns the ip and obviously yeah. he's not the one that owns the ip so he can't he yeah. really can't say anything about it just because he worked on it or you know did the scripting or directing or even if he was you know the guy that wrote the entire thing if you don't own the ip for it you can't say anything about then it shut your mouth exactly shut your mouth uh college football 25 gets its little first teaser trailer we're going to see this one later it's you know I hope it's good. It's EA Sports, so I, I, but you can't say this one's gonna be the same as last year. At least, like you can't say that, right? Because we haven't, yeah, right. Because <laughs> we haven't seen one of these for over ten years. Uh, so, College Football twenty five full release May, um, uh, arrive in May ahead of its summer twenty twenty four release window. So, coming a little early. That's cool. And there is some compensation going on. It was spilled, the beans, on how they're getting the uh, college players on board. And the terms of EA's NIL offer to one or 11,000 players for EA sp uh, college football, sports college football 25 have emerged. They're getting about, each, each of them's getting about 600 bucks to use their likeness yeah. in the game. And then, like, higher, more popular marquee players, right, will obviously be asked to you know sign and do commercials or help advertise mm. or show up at various events or things like that and uh i i just gotta say it's about fucking time yeah they get a copy of the game too sorry i, I did forget <laughs> platform of their choice platform of their choice so screw you platform with your exclusivity choice. they're getting it on the platform of their choice <laughs> Uh, is it a physical copy though, or is it a digital copy? Oh, it's definitely a digital <laughs> copy. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Yod, I didn't get the B roll here because I was really this worried about this uh, this one causing some copyright stuff. Uh, but what uh, is what is uh, hashtag it's, it's blood? Like, so I, I watched the uh, IGN fan fest thing because uh, it was one of the things that was going on this past week, and most of the games they were talking about and showed and stuff was. Kind of interesting, but nothing really exceptional. A lot of it looked like um, they could have been made for the Nintendo. <laughs> I 
But there was one called hashtag blood, B-L-U-D. And I don't know if you watched the the 90s and early 2000s to mid-2000s Cartoon Network cartoons and you like horror, it, it, it's, it looks like it's going to be an amazing game. You, you're going around fighting vampires and werewolves and other mythical creatures as a little character from, looks like, looks like it's straight out from one of those Cartoon Network cartoons. So, I mean, there's not much else on it because it's an early, you know, it's an early teaser type deal. So, I don't know, keep an eye out for it. It looks like fun. Uh, finally, before we head over and do our games of the week, we want to send a congratulations to the IGN Creators Guild who uh, unionized, formed their union February 22nd, and has already received from CBS News Management voluntary recognition as a union combined with the WGA East. Uh, East. Now they head to the bargaining table. So congratulations to fellow creators, and uh, congratulations, CBS. Classy move, uh, voluntarily recognizing the union. Nice job. Uh, let's go and do our games of the week. Yeah! 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 You're right. Troy is a football guy, but I don't think he enjoys sports games. Yeah, I think you're you're pretty dead on with that. I, I played so much Madden back in the day. I did play a lot of Madden back in the day. Um, I, th- I think I played so much that I've played I've played that game basically at this point. <laughs> Uh, games of the week is the way we end every episode of Gaming Gumbo here. It's where all three of us are about to give you a game. Could be a video game, board game, mobile game, something we've played or playing now or played in the past or never played, but think you should check out. And you let us know in the comments who gave the best recommendation while tossing us your thoughts on everything we've discussed today and your game recommend, uh, recommendation. Yod, you're up. Atra demo. <laughs> it's out there. It's free. Go play it. <laughs> Recommending a demo. All right. Go ahead, Troy. <laughs> Man, I'm I'm hesitant. I planned on recommending Nightingale this week. <laughs> but now that I'm stuck in this freaking tutorial and I've tried two or three times to get out of it and I can't, I don't know, man. I don't know. Maybe wait for a patch. Wait for a patch. <laughs> I, I rec- that's my recommendation. Wait for a patch in Nightingale <laughs> because you could get stuck in the tutorial. I'm gonna recommend Islands of Insight. I'm having. I I was gonna recommend Hell Divers too, but I'm not. I don't think I'm far enough in that it would be like a legit recommendation. Besides, hey, I like the humor. Uh, so I'm gonna do Islands of Insight. I also gave it my weekly bomb on MMO Bombs podcast yesterday. Uh, it is a shared world puzzle game. Don't think Mist. It's not like environmentally super heavy and cryptic like a mist or a riven think kind of like the witness little self-contained puzzles laying all over the place and you run around and just solve them and yeah there's other people there but it really doesn't there's zero point in partying or doing anything with other people unless you just want to like chill with your buddies on discord and run around and solve puzzles together you can't help each other it's like all i don't know it should just be an offline game but anyway, and uh, maybe that's like in my first look, I said that could be a downfall of the game. It's like thirty bucks, and if they don't make it off an offline mode, if it ever goes away, you're just you're done. No, not Secret World. It's not like <coughs> investigations and stuff like that. It's literally run around and solve like logic puzzles and number puzzles and perspective puzzles and stuff like that. It's very very chill. Throw on some Netflix, get on Discord, talking with your boys, and just. Zone out, play some puzzles, it's a blast. Don't go anywhere, chat, right after the show. Torchwick is joining us tonight to do some streaming. What do you got, Torchwick? How are you? I'm good, how are you? Welcome, welcome, welcome. You had last week off, but you're ready this week. Yep, you're yeah. Gonna, you're going to finish Final Fantasy VII this week. Still not finished? We'll try. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to make any promises. I did get all the sleeve boxes. Good wall, good good wall over here. Final Fantasy Seven uh, Rebirth sleeve boxes from Insomnia Cookies. I do have all of them now. Oh, okay. are you so glad somebody tipped you off about those? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I do have them all. So you're playing Final Fantasy Seven. You you are pretty close to yeah. the end though, right? 
Did you keep from getting tied remember, up in like side stuff? Yeah, from what I remember, we're, <laughs> if you keep shaking your head, God, I know that they can't <laughs> see you, but I can. <laughs> from what I remember of the plot, we're pretty close to the end, but also there have been parts in here that I don't remember playing through my first time around. So. <laughs> You're like, well, this is new. <laughs> I, yeah. I think I'm now four more hours away from the end. <laughs> it's, it's, it's possible. It's definitely possible. Don't go anywhere, chat. Give us a couple of minutes to turn the channel off, relabel things, bring it back up, and we'll be right here uh, with some Torchwick on Final Fantasy VII, the OG Final Fantasy VII. That's going to do it for Gaming Gumbo for this week. We'll be back next week on Thursday with the Relic Grind and on Saturday with Gaming Gumbo. Until next time, Yod, where can everybody find you? Yod Artworks on all the socials. Uh, Otakudomcomic.com for my webcomic and right here on Gaming Gumbo. Troy. I'm on all the socials at Noobfridge. I'm Mike Byrne. You can follow me right there at MagicMan1, but more importantly, follow, follow at RC Radio, R-A-I-D-E-O, and you'll know every time we're going live with a podcast, a stream, Final Fantasy trading card game, live gameplay, and more. Stay safe. See you on the servers. Yeah.